Welcome back to Hero Talk with Talix and Trev. I'm Talix. And I'm Trev. And today we're talking about Bumblebee. What do you call it when the Autobots get dressed up for Halloween? I don't know. Robots in disguise. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so just give me the line. Okay, this is mine. That was radical. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. That was the funny part. All right, now it's time to talk about the MVP. So, Trev, who is your MVP for this movie? My MVP was Bumblebee. Okay, and why is that? Without him, he couldn't stop the the blue guy from Power Rangers Turbo, Turbo. And then it would have been impossible to get the thing out. The green little crystal thingy. Okay. I agree. I think that Bumblebee was both the MVP throughout the entire movie. I mean, of course, the movie is named after him, so of course it's going to kind of chase after him. Except for in, like, the beginning. He showed up and got beat up. No, he. I mean, like, yeah, because he got ambushed. Like, he got ambushed by Starscream coming up and blowing him up, so he couldn't have done anything. That's not ambushed. That was just one dude. Yeah. A bunch of people surrounding him. Well, he didn't want to hurt him. He didn't want to hurt the people. Bumblebee is not a bad guy, so he didn't want to hurt the people, so he was trying to get away without hurting anybody. That's what he even said. He's like, I didn't even want to fight. So. You know, it it wasn't his intention to hurt anybody, and so that that's where he kind of just tried to get away from everybody. So, yeah. you know, yeah. overall, he did a good job. He, his his fighting was the best and the most efficient out of everybody. He was even doing a better job than Optimus was doing, and so he was definitely the MVP throughout the movie. And then coming up with the idea at the end to use the barge as a way to get rid of the the last Decepticon, that was brilliant. So, Bumblebee to the rescue, 10,000%. Alright, so now it's time to talk about our most valuable loser. Now, my most valuable loser would have to be... I don't know. Blitz, Blitzwing. Now, I know I just called him... Um, Starscream a little bit early because they kind of changed the color scheme, the color scheme to match Starscream, but it was Blitzwing because he came in. How do you lose a fight when you are an aerial vehicle? The guy is pinned down against a rock face. Bumblebee can't go anywhere else. He's strictly pinned down. You've got him dead to rights, but you wanted to be all gloaty and kind of tough at the end and rip out his speech synthesizer. If you'd not done that, you would have took care of business. You'd have been able to win. But nah, you got the big head, and then you lost. That's why you got blown up by your own rocket. And that's why you were the MVL. Decepticons. Uh, Shatter and Dropkick? Yes. Okay. Because they they're kind of sneaky and 
cool in a way. But I just had a feeling that their plan wasn't going to work. And I knew that whoever that guy was. John Cena? Yes. Him. Well, I don't know. I like <laughs> I don't I forgot what his name was in the movie, but keep going. I knew that he had to turn around and do something good. And he ended up doing that. Okay. And in the end, both of you got blown up. I mean, very, very cool scene, but still. Wow. Yeah, definitely got knocked out of there. Got him on up out of there. Okay, Trev, so what's your favorite setting? My favorite setting was under the water. Which part? When Charlie went down under the water to go get Bumblebee. So just kind of being like in the wreckage of all that stuff under the water? My favorite setting was Energon, and I guess I'll do. I guess I'll do this kind of part because like I was going to kind of roll with it in the fun facts, but I guess I kind of do it now. Um, but the fight on Energon was so awesome because they did so much stuff right, and I get back. I'll come back to this with the, that smart part, but for right now. Energon looked amazing. They had Soundwave. They had Rampage. They had, they had so many. They had Jet. They had Jazz. They had like so many Autobots and Decepticons that you got to see in their original form back from when you know when they were the toys in the eighties and stuff like that. And so it was like awesome to see them redone in a way that they were very recognizable and very distinct, and you were able to tell them easily apart from each other. And so I think that the setting of them being on Energon, it just looked amazing. Now it's time for That Don't Make No Sense. Mine is, how come Bumblebee is that tiny little car when he could be anything else a Chevy Toyota Ford a Lambo anything anything and I I see that you're trying to stay with your color scheme but it there would have been a lot more good uses for the cars or better looks, all of it. I mean, it could have been way better. Yeah, that's true. But I think that it mostly kind of came into came into the aspect of it looking like the old, like the old cartoons, like the old toys. And I think that that was his biggest thing. But another thing to just kind of play off of that or whatever that doesn't make sense is how does Bumblebee as a car? be tiny but when he gets to be a deceptive when he gets to be an autobot he's like three times as big as he was in his car form they know why he can pack all of his parts up inside no car like that it doesn't work like that like mass doesn't work like that 
He just doesn't. I'm sorry. It doesn't. Movie magic doesn't explain that. No. Movie magic, none of that stuff explains it. And then also, um, my actual thing that doesn't make any sense is like, why does the military give the Decepticons all this information? Uh, like you just you just out here giving them access to all of our satellites and all of our things you literally chasing one down and then go turn around when the other one's just like oh yeah man we're 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 here to take him down so you know we we need you to give us all y'all information and then you just do it come on man that's that's not, and you want to listen to bumblebee that's not smart he that tried to make, stop you from that makes rocket. no sense <laughs> Okay, it's time for now. That's funny. So, what in the movie did you find funny? Something in the movie that I found funny was that Bumblebee was spitting out the good songs. Those were very good songs. And he just kept one in. One out of all of them. I mean, that was funny. He to, to bounce off of that um statement that you just said, one of the songs that he kicked out was Rick Ashley's "Never Gonna Give You Up," which is the Rick Roll, which is hilarious that they got it into the song or whatever. But of course, no, I, I enjoy that song. That's actually a good song. I actually kind of get down when I hear it. But it's so funny that you know they Rick Rolled us with it. Um. The thing for me that that was that funny was when John Cena tells him not to run, and then he runs and he says, "Oh, he ran." <laughs> it's just like, but he, like John Cena was kind of funny throughout the entire movie. I think he he did a good job. Even at the end, he was just like, some, "Yeah, world's already been saved, man." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I still have one more thing to say about what I said. Talking about when you were talking about the Bumblebee spinning the tapes back out? Yes. Th- that song was so good that they actually put it in the Angry Birds movie. Yeah, it's in a lot of different movies. So, definitely in a lot of different movies. Alright, time for Now That Smart. And I'll start off with this one. When John Cena said I don't know about giving them access to all our satellites and stuff like that. Something kind of seems wrong. I mean, they even call themselves the Decepticons. Doesn't something seem a little bit off about that? Yeah. Like, that was so smart of him. He was so smart. He made good decisions throughout the movie. And even for them to make a bad guy in the movie who made good decisions, who you could understand why he was mad. That was a smart decision by them. Even at the end, he still let him go because he was just like, okay, I see what's going on. He didn't get to this little power trip to where he was just like some, oh, I can't understand that this is what's going on or whatever. He was a smart dude. He was just trying to save the world in his own very same way. And so I think that he just did a good job. I think that it was overall a good job. And that was smart on on their what on their part to build him in such a way. Something that I thought was smart was that when 
I forgot his name, but he was just driving and he drove and he drove all crazy. Uh, oh, that was a good idea. Oh, you talking about the um the stepdad? Yes, that was that was a very good idea. It's like <laughs> I forget what show did he say he saw that oh, but yeah. That was that was definitely something that was pretty cool. We did the little, we all did the little spin around, and then he kind of like like had everybody else kind of like almost wreck into him, and then the truck flips over the top of it. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty smart, and that was kind of funny because that's what led into your your just give me the line segment. Yeah. All right, now it's time for I need that. So, what's something in the movie that you were just like? I need that. Something that I really need is a Decepticon. I would say and an Autobot. I would say I agree. I was gonna I was gonna jump in and whatever you said, I was just gonna say this is a movie about transforming cars and you're not gonna pick the transformer cars, but you picked the transformer cars, and so that I would be smart. Both of them. I think that having like having that would be so awesome. Just think about it. If each of us had our own, very own, you know, either Autobot or Decepticon, and it just was like, you know, it depends on what you want. Like, if you you could have got, you could pick a helicopter, you could pick a jet, you could pick a car, you could pick a bike. Dinosaur! You could pick a dinosaur. I don't know if that one will work out as well, but, I mean, you could pick different kinds and then just kind of like have it man that thing will be so awesome you could kind of you could kind of like if you if you pick the jet then you'd be able to fly wherever you wanted to or you got the car you could just kind of like go on road trips and then you get your best friend to go on a road trip with you it just be so awesome to have a autobot or decepticon with you as a matter of fact I'm actually I'm gonna save that for the super upgrades. I'm gonna save that for the super upgrades. So but I think it'd be cool to have a dinosaur versus a giant robot and then they combine and make some sort of dinobot. That would be awesome. And then they find a giant jet the size of two dinosaurs. Well, how you gonna get that one? Just put two jets together? No. It'll take four. No. Okay. <laughs> well, then we'll try to see about that. All right, let's move on. All right, now it's time for debate this. So, the question for this week is, was it a better idea for Bumblebee to hide or was it a better idea for him to go talk to the government and trying to get them all on his side before the Decepticons came. Which one do you think? Well, this is kind of not having anything to do with one or the other, but that wouldn't have never happened in a movie ever because as soon as Bumblebee came, he was trying to stop them from shooting him. He wouldn't be able to explain, and then... His thing was ripped out. And that was the end. And then learning to talk, they've already been convinced that he was a fugitive bad guy. There's nothing else you can do. And so that's why I don't choose any of them. Well, you did choose one of them because you just said that if he tried to talk to them, then everything would go wrong like it did go wrong. And so the best thing probably for him to do was to hide. So that's your stance on this. 
I I don't think he should hide just because he's horrible at hiding. Okay. He he literally pulled up a broken car and tried to hide behind that. Mm. Yeah. And I'll say this much, you are absolutely wrong on this one because you got to think about this. If he had just talked to everybody at the beginning, as soon as he landed, all he had to say was, look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to land on you. I'm from here. I'm trying to help. Just calm down and let's kind of work through this and let's talk through this. The next thing that would have happened by the time um, Blitzwing, when it came out, they'd all been able to say, okay, what's going on? But you sit there, you land on somebody, then you run away. They're trying to chase you. And then that's when everything goes wrong. At least you could have had them on your side to say, look, this man's a Decepticon. He's trying to come and blow stuff up. And he literally did. All you had to do was say, look, it's a Decepticon coming. He's finna try to blow y'all up. And he would have seen the people blown up and it would have been like, okay, it's the Decepticon's problem. As opposed to thinking that it was Bumblebee that did it. He tried to and it didn't work. That's why he should have done it at the beginning instead of waiting around. No, he tried to at the beginning. He tried to explain, but... Um, the tanks have already arrived. And he That's what I'm saying. Like, it crashed. As soon as he crashed, he should have talked instead of ran. Because if he had talked instead of ran and making him look like he was going to do something wrong, then the people who are the military, who you just dropped something on, would not have acted in the same way. They called the tanks and stuff? Yes, before, because... Before he landed. So they got here when he landed, and he didn't have enough time. No, they didn't, didn't call the tanks when he landed. They called the tank after he landed. He landed, and they said, why'd you drop napalm on us or whatever? That was after he landed. He pulled his thing out when he saw it, and then talked to Susan. They was already talking because the exercise was over. After he landed is when he made the call in. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's when he made the call in. So if he debated the conversation and said, hey, look, this is what's going on. You could see in the end of the movie, he understood what was going on. So at the beginning, you could have definitely made him go on. and then Because he was being a real nice and jokey kind of fun guy in the beginning of the movie anyway. So you know he could have been somebody that you could have talked to. And had you just talked, you'd have been able to kind of get this stuff, and you wouldn't have had to decept because you wouldn't have had to rely on Charlie at the end to get that um transmitter down. Oh, I I I see what I have to do to win this debate. He wouldn't have listened anyway. He would have listened. He wouldn't have because he was too scared. Calling all the tanks and stuff. You did too. Trying to charge war. You would have did that too. If all of a no, sudden a space car landed on top of you, hurt your friends, and you just like, oh man, what is going on? You would have been like, hey man, get that space car. It's trying to get away. It landed on my friends. I mean, if it said that it was Decepticons, then yeah, something fishy would be going on. But... He didn't. He so if, so he if just listen. a random stranger comes to your bedroom window and like it lands on you, you go think he's being a friend? 
No, you're not. You're going to be confused and trying to figure out what's happening and try to figure out why somebody just crashed through your window and trying to run away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hold that L. Hold that L, big fella. Hold that L. I've been long. I've been gone for a week. That doesn't mean that I'm going to take the L as soon as I come back. <laughs> you just took the L. I did not. <laughs> All right. Time for super upgrade. So what's something that you feel they could have been a super upgrade? One thing that I have. Why? Why did he have to be that car? He could have been literally anything else. Anything. He saw all those drones, those tanks, those helicopters, everything. And he decides to be that car. Yeah, he could have because um, both Shatter and Dropkick both were able to kind of change into different vehicles and stuff like that. So I can, I can agree. I think that would have been an interesting, a very interesting departure from normal Bumblebee thing just to kind of like throw something in and be like, oh yeah, he can do this too. Yeah, it. as soon as I saw the trailer, I felt weird that me and my friends saw this black and yellow orange race car that looks exactly like the cars from the movie and then see this one <laughs> I was like uh hmm is this Bumblebee or is that Bumblebee <laughs> okay so I grew up I was born in the 80s so late 80s early 90s it's my, kind of my thing or whatever, right? And so one of the things that really got me into liking science fiction, action adventure movies and kind of stuff like this, especially movies with cars in it, was growing up and watching Knight Rider with Granny. Like I was watching Knight Rider with Granny. We'd always watch Knight Rider. We'd watch it every week. And we'd always try to see what, what Michael Knight got going on this week. But the most important thing in that was kit the night industries 2000 the 87 trans am i wanted to see a 87 trans am at least a night rider cameo in this movie you got it set in the 80s you could have done it it was right there as a matter of fact it was in 87 it took place in 87. You could have done it. It was right there. That would have been my super upgrade. All right. Time for rate it or hate it. So between zero and five Energon crystals, what do you give Bumblebee? Straight up five. You give it a straight up five? I give it a straight up 4.75. I think it's great. It's not a perfect, absolutely perfect movie, but it was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. It was funny. I enjoyed the action. I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the nostalgia factor. Just, oh, it was so many 80s references. And we go touch that when we get to fun facts. But it was such an awesome time. It was such an awesome movie. 
I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I like the explosions. Yeah, of course you do. You always do. Yay. Okay. So let's roll on to fun facts. Alright. Time for fun facts. Fun fact number one. I couldn't even see the villain in most of the movie. We're moving on because I'm not explaining that one. Fun fact number two. <laughs> most of the things that were like the 80s references, like like the Walkman headphones just like you know, because back then like we don't have ear pods or anything like that like back in the day we had these wire like they was like a wire frame rimmed headphones that would take to a Walkman cassette player which played a tape you didn't have mp3s to where you can just kind of look and be on demand with everything you had to listen to a tape and if you wanted to have a tape with different stuff on it you had to make a mixtape which meant you had to sit by the radio and wait for a song to come on and hit record and then when the song ended you had to hit pause again and you had to be good with it because if you messed up your song will be messed up you couldn't leave it out in the sun because they get melted and everything like that if it tore up you had to use a pencil to to re-adjust um, your cassette and everything like that. They had so many things that were references. They had the Mr. T cereal that they were eating in the morning. They had the thing poster um, on the wall. They had Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. They had, oh man, the movie itself was basically a, a homage to 80s movies like the Spielberg era. They did a great job of just kind of like setting the atmosphere in the same way that Stranger Things does. It, it does a real good job of setting the atmosphere of the 80s. And in fact, I think that is a strong homage to the Short Circuit movies, in which you hadn't seen those before. But Johnny Five is Alive, I felt was a very strong homage to that sort of movie. And so... It's that you got, of course, you got like the original looks of all the cars, of all the things and everything like that. And so it's just like you got to see the Volkswagen Beetle Bumblebee. You got to see the old Mack truck um, Optimus Prime. You got to see all of the older styled toys Soundwave with the actual tape deck in his chest with Rampage coming out of it. Like... It was awesome. Just like so much awesome stuff. Even, um, and it's still the same iconic sounds from the 80s cartoon. The ju -ju 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 -ju, that sound, it's the same sound that they used in this movie. And Peter Weller, the voice of Optimus Prime, has always been the voice of Optimus Prime throughout all the movies, throughout the cartoons. Just such great job of doing all that stuff and then speaking of voices a voice that you never would have guessed shatter angela bassett is an amazing actress and yes so many fun things to kind of see and then oh another thing the connection between okay so one one fun fact about this is that this is a reboot and so a reboot is basically saying that they're kind of redoing, they, they restarting the series. 
And so they're going back, they're changing a couple of things and saying, okay, this is how the series starts as opposed to the other ones. And so we had all the other movies where it basically started off as the Transformers landed on Earth and then everything happened after that or whatever. This one is saying that Bumblebee came first and then at the end of the Bumblebee movie, they came in the 80s as opposed to coming in the 2000s like they did in the Transformers previous series or whatever. Um, and then the Camaro that he scanned at the end of the movie is the same Camaro that Shia LaBeouf found. So when he scanned that Camaro, that's the Camaro he was at the beginning of the last Transformers movies. So it's a lot of fun facts in this movie. It was a lot of throwbacks to this movie. And so it was a lot of fun. I made a connection. What's that? That... When I forgot their names, the two Decepticons. Uh, Shatter and Dropkick. Yes, they when they were cars, they reminded me of the cars from Power Rangers Turbo. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. That's that's definitely pretty cool. Okay, so you about ready to wrap stuff up? Mm-hmm. all right so let's talk about the news that we got going on we just started up a new facebook page so look at us up look us up on facebook at hero talk tt um i want you guys to check us out on teespring because our shop's been up it's been up for a while we want to keep on putting out different quality shirts and different designs we got coming up I got a design in mind that I want to kind of put together a new logo for us, which would be just kind of like a side logo that are going to go with the HT logo that we do, which would probably be like a TT logo, but we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, We want to kind of go out and explore. We cannot wait for Captain Marvel. You know you're getting that Captain Marvel as soon as it comes out. So be prepared for Captain Marvel when it comes out. You're going to get it from Hero Talk. Um, we are so thankful. Like, share, subscribe. We so appreciate all the kind comments, all the likes, all the shares, all the downloads. We love it. We just kind of want to keep growing. We guys kind of want to keep getting better. So if you guys have any things that you want to add to us to let us know about that you feel that we can do better, that we can improve on, Hit us up, HeroTalkTT at gmail.com, or hit us up at HeroTalkTT at, at um, Instagram. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter at HeroTalk1. So hit us up on any of our platforms and let us know how everything's going so we can interact. We're going to have a lot of fun. We want to keep having fun with you and keep growing with you. So we always appreciate what you do for us. This has been Hero Talk with Talix and Trev. I'm Talix. And I'm Trev. Because when there is a hero, we talk. Autobots, roll out. Yes. Yes.